Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. VinFast stock is the topic of today's presentation. So if you're somebody that's been watching VFS stock soar to the moon, then you're probably curious why. And we're going to talk about that today. So in order to learn more about VinFast stock, we can go look at the Form F4 registration statement they filed. And the first thing you'll notice here is that it's incorporated in Singapore, though the address listed here is Haiphong City, Vietnam. So I actually know Haiphong City. I used to date a girl from there. So um, I've been there. I've been to Vietnam numerous times, and it's a very unique place in Asia. So this is a typical picture of a street in Hanoi. And the way that you cross that road is quite nerve wracking. So you look straight forward in front of you, and then you start putting one foot in front of the other, walking very slowly. Whatever you do, don't turn and look at the motorbikes, because then when you do that, you'll start doing that little dance and inevitably they'll crash into you. So if you just walk looking straight forward, everybody sees where you're at and will avoid you. And it's really quite the experience. Vietnam is one of those unique places in the world where um, things aren't um, what they seem often, which is why you need to ask yourself from an investor's perspective, not from a travel or it's an interesting place to visit. And if it's, uh, it has its own problems. It's a fascinating place, but there's also uh, everybody there wants to take something from you, generally speaking because you're a tourist and they flock to the areas where you would be. But you have to ask yourself as an investor why you're interested in Vietnam. And if you look at Southeastern Asia, so I've circled all the countries in that region, and some of these are emerging markets that are investable marginally. I've been to all these places some numerous times. And Vietnam wouldn't be on the top of the list of places that I'd think about investing in. And here you can see the MSCI ACWI Emerging and Frontier Markets Index. This pretty much represents all the investable countries in the world. And if you look on the right there under Frontier Markets Asia, you can see the names Bangladesh, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and Vietnam. And there was talk about Vietnam possibly moving over to become an emerging market, but there's a lots of impediments, and you can read some interesting articles out there about why it's difficult for Vietnam to do that. But another thing that Vietnam's known for is, um, is, is crime and uh, more sophisticated crime. Uh, you can see this piece here on how one of the world's most prolific hackers uh, wants to apologize. It says here, Vietnam has the highest percentage of computers infected with malware of any country in the world. Well, uh, coincidentally, we're actually battling Vietnamese hackers right now who took control of our Nanalyze Facebook page, and we've filed complaints with the Attorney General against Facebook because we can't seem to get a hold of anybody uh, to support our problems and to get our website back. So um, the Vietnamese are very uh, sophisticated in the same way that you would uh, see uh, individuals in Eastern Europe, Russia, or China uh, engage in very sophisticated um, scams and things of the like. You have to be aware that when you decide to invest or dabble or do business in these jurisdictions that um, they play by a different set of rules. And the Chinese shadow banking system that I did my master's thesis on uh, is a great example of 
problems that are simmering under the surface, the Rumsfeld unknown unknowns. And when you look at the list of the largest economies in the world here, you can see there are some emerging markets floating up there that might be interesting from an investor's perspective, provided you're willing to work, look past shadow banking and buy risks and all that. Like um, China, you've got at the top there, India, uh, Brazil, and Indonesia. Way down on that list is Vietnam. So if you are really interested in investing in Vietnam as a country, then you probably look at the Vanek Vietnam ETF. You can see here, uh, I guess that's a, a mediocre expense ratio considering uh, that it's probably difficult to um, get liquidity in some of the firms there, or there's probably high transaction costs. You can see it actually has a decent amount of AUM, $610 million. So they, talking about whether or not Vietnam is going to be an up-and-coming emerging market is a, really a different conversation. If you want to invest in Vietnam, then this is how you would do it. If you want EV exposure, there are lots of options. So I went to our 460 tech stock catalog and I pulled out a list of names here, 20 different companies that offer you options. We've written about nearly all of these and published research pieces on them. You can search our website uh, for these, but um, you're not here for that. You're here uh, because you like the prospect of investing in Vietnam. So you think Vietnamese EVs have a unique advantage. Otherwise, why else would you be here, right? If you wanted to invest in Vietnam, you'd buy the ETF. Or if you wanted to invest in EVs, there's 20 companies. Um, it's definitely not because of share price action, because you invest in companies, not stocks. And the reason that this has been brought up so much uh, to our attention is a lot of people pointing out that this uh, company is just uh, experiencing incredible amounts of volatility. So let's get uh, the valuation out of the way. Um, but before we do that, let's take a quick look at the business, all right? Here's here's a very telling uh, a piece of information. This was last quarter's information from the F4 on sales of vehicles. You could see their sales of merchandise. Take a look there. They sold $65 million in vehicles, and it cost them $222 million to produce those. And then you can see they sold some merchandise for $1.6 million that cost them $1.6 million. So that's actually a better gross margin than their vehicles. This thing is a mess. So they're, they're loot. they don't have a business right now. And when you look at the year before that, so that was last quarter, you look at last year in 2022, they sold $525 million worth of vehicles at a cost of a billion dollars. That's not a business. And people say, what about Tesla? Yeah, what about Tesla? Let's go pull up Tesla's uh, S1 and take a look at what they were doing when they had their IPO. Look at this. Tesla had $400 million of revenues. They were doing that on a positive gross profit. You can see even the earliest recorded data from Tesla was positive gross profit, and it just went up from there. So you, you see a fair number of EV companies these days trying to get to a point where they can manufacture a vehicle and sell it profitably. Tesla does that better than anybody else. BYD does a pretty good job. We've written about both of them. But this article by Bloomberg says it all. It says, $27 billion electric vehicle deal shows SPAC silliness is back. Indeed, I just took these uh, bullet points from the article. It says that the purported $27 billion valuation, which includes $1.7 billion in debt, would make it the third largest such transaction in history. So this is a big spec. Never mind that the $27 billion valuation is now $85 billion. It says the transaction won't raise much money, and the purported valuation looks as rocky as VinFast's U.S. vehicles, okay? Don't have anything to say about those. 
were focused on the company and showstoppers. So founded in 2017, it's backed by Vietnam's richest man, Pham Nat Phuong, uh, and he invested about $8 billion in a bid to turn Vietnam into an automaking powerhouse. That's going to be difficult when China's uh, pretty much uh, taking everybody to task these days. Uh, they filed for a regular U.S. IPO in December, but then announced they'd go public via the SPAC route without explaining its change of heart. Well, we have a good idea of why they changed their heart there. This is a SPAC, so it's already overvalued at $10 a share. All right, now it's trading somewhere right around 30 Current simple valuation ratio, this is market cap divided by annualized revenues. It's what we use for disruptive growth companies, similar to uh, price to sales. This uh, current simple valuation ratio for VinFast stock is 254. If it traded at $10 a share that it was supposed to debut, debut at, that gives us a simple valuation ratio of 69. So it's way overpriced. We don't invest in anything greater than 20 the most richly traded large disruptive tech stock we follow in our catalog of 460 stocks, NVIDIA, that trades at 39, and VinFast is no NVIDIA. So were we to ascribe to this company the same valuation as Tesla, shares should be trading at around a dollar a share. So that's the maximum valuation that we can see is reasonable for this firm. But we don't even need to go there because that negative gross margin, that's a complete showstopper. And then for those that are a little bit more ambitious, you can go through the F4 and start looking at some of the oddities you'll find there, like transactions with related parties. And there's just, this is one of three pages, all right? So when you have Vietnam's richest individual funding this, he's most likely to farm out uh, the work to uh, his, I mean, that's how things work there, right? Your friends, your colleagues think Guanxi in China, right? So when you look at, you know, other bits of their filing document, they have $1.7 billion in total debt, but they also have this short-term debt from all these different banks, which is rather odd, and they list them out here. And then when you look at the amount of cash this company is burning, it's absolutely nuts. So for the year-ended December 31st, 2022, so that's last year, they blew through $1.5 billion in trying to turn this into um, someone's sacred cow, it seems, trying to make this a formidable auto manufacturer. It doesn't look like it's ever going to get there. This is just something that we would uh, avoid like the absolute plague. Um, hails back to 2020 all over again in this piece we wrote. I'll put a link to it in the description of this uh, video because it's edifying. It's a warning about EV stocks, and that same warning holds true every year. This firm is extremely overpriced. You don't short this junk because uh, all the uh, meme stock morons will um, have more um, moronic behavior than your liquidity. So you just avoid, you walk away. We wouldn't touch this company at any price. Always when you're investing, ask yourself what you're looking for. So if you're attracted to Vietnam, then there's options for that. If you're attracted to EVs, there's options for that. A Vietnamese electric vehicle company is not attractive for us uh, for any reason at all. So I'm going to put up another piece here that you might enjoy. Before you watch that, please click the logo on the right. Subscribe to our channel. Support our work. Thanks so much for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? 
Head to Nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.